Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. We're ready to get started. Maseches Ksubos Tav Ayin Zayin. And as you can see on the bottom of the next Amud, we'll be ending this Parakimir Tzashem today. But tomorrow we're really going to push forward and try to do close to two blot. Um, I haven't figured out Friday yet because um, not only is it the very long slichos, but there's a bris, so I have to figure out exactly when we're going to do that. Worst case scenario, we'll be a little bit behind. I have no other way to really solve for it, but we'll figure it out. We're at the second mission on the page, just about halfway down, four lines before the wide lines on Ayin Zayin of Adalev, and the Mishnah opens, What types of mumin are grounds for divorce from the husband's side of things? So says the Gemara, if a husband is covered in boils, polifos, we'll see in the Gemara what that means, someone who gathers, we'll see what that means, someone who works with copper, someone who is a tanner, if you have these professions, it's grounds for divorce. Okay, a lot of them had strong smells, as we'll soon see. And not only is it true, it's true in both cases, if you were born with that profession or with those smells, or if you started them after you get married, they're both grounds for divorce. And in all of these cases, even though he made a condition with her, I know that I'm working in this field, I'm letting you know, and she says, I'm good with it. Still, I thought I could handle it. She comes home every day and he smells like uh, he smells like a tanning factory. And it's it's not very pleasant to say the least. After a while, she's allowed to say, I'm sorry, I just can't handle it. And it's divorce with a ksuba. We now see last night's tomorrow. This was your I hadn't learned this Mishnah yet. But you it's the Washington Mishnah is in some cases legitimate. And if you look at the next sheet on the Mishnah, once she accepts the conditions of the marriage with him smelling the way that he does with his profession, so then, that's different. Because when there's Tash Mishamita with a Mukashchin, it actually uh, damages the skin of the, of the anatomy through Tashmish, and that's um, obviously categorically problematic. In fact, there was a story in the city of Tzidon, someone who was a tanner, he died and they had no kids. Vahailo Achbor, see his brother was the family business. They were all they were all tanners. So they all had the same smell. Amru Chachamim, the Chachamim were of the opinion that Yechola Hisha Te'amer, under these circumstances, she's able to say, at least your brother was good looking. So I was willing to handle the smell with him. But no, thank you. I'd rather get Chalitza than, than Yibu. So we had said in our Mishnah that one of the categorical things that a husband has to divorce his wife for was polyphos. So it says the Gemara, my Baal polyphos, that's a machlokas. Amar Reb Yehuda, Amar Shmuel, Rechachotem, a certain smell that came out of the nose that was very unpleasant. Some say that it's very bad breath. And Ravasi Masni Ibcha, and according to some, these shitas were reversed, meaning Reb Yehuda, Amar Shmuel says it was Rechachotem, and the Brisa says that it was Rechachotem. Either way, it has to do with some type of very strong odor coming from the uh, the ears, nose, and throat, basically. Well, not the ears, I guess, but coming from the face. Uh, not so good. My mechamates. What is this uh, collector? So says the Gemara Machlokas. Amar of Yehuda, Zamekabetz Klavim. That's not a fun job. His job is to clean up after dogs. He runs a kennel and uh, his... There are services. Huh? There are services. I'm sure. I drove behind a car and looked at my wife. Oh my gosh. So proud. Yeah, one kid's a doctor and one kid's a 
Yeah, this is a profession and it ruins a marriage. And if a guy says, you know what, I've been a lawyer on, uh, I've been a lawyer for many years at firm X, Y, and Z. Now I want to go take care of dogs and my job is to clean up fecal matter. Done, marriage is over. She can say I'm out and get a ksuba. However, not everyone agrees that that's mikametz meisve. Some say mikametz is a borsi, which is a bit of a problem because our Mishnah said borsi was one of the options. Says the Gemara, according to the Brisa that says that Mekametz is Borsi, if you're saying Mekametz is Borsi, so then we're saying the same thing twice. Mekametz and Borsi are the same. Says the Gemara, I could answer for that opinion. And Mekametz is one type of Borsi, and the Borsi is another type of Borsi. So that's not a problem. But according to Rabbi Yehuda, who's of the opinion that a makametz is someone who is makabetz tzoas klavim, someone who cleans up after dogs, kasha, because the brysa doesn't agree with him, and Rabbi Yehuda is an amora. You're not allowed to disagree with a brysa, so that's a problem. Says the Gemara Tanoi, really it's a machlokas, and the Tanoim detanyu, makametz aborsi, v'yashomrim zemakametz tzoas klavim. There is, in fact, a source in the Tanoim that supports Rabbi Yehuda, so both of these are valid shitas in regards to what this person might be. <clears throat> We're already catching a theme here. The polyphos has a very bad smell, and the person who takes care of dogs presumably also has a very bad smell. Let's talk about myself for just a moment. Let's say that somebody works on a garbage truck. I was just caught behind the garbage truck yesterday, and my vents were open. It's very unpleasant. And if you're standing there eight-hour shift, it's not geschmack. And even if you change your clothes, it's in your skin. It's not uh, it's that grounds for divorce. So it seems to be that there's a machlokas in the mission as to whether or not that would be grounds for divorce. You work at the plantation, uh, whatever that building is on the corner of Howard and McCormick. Very unpleasant. At the two dots, three-fourths of the way down. What is this person doing with copper? He's taking a hammer and he's kind of flattening out sheets of, uh, of copper. No, he's mining copper from the ground. Um, and both of these professions, or what this profession, whichever way we look at it, is problematic. And Tanya Kavase, we have a brisa that supports the latter explanation of Mitzar of Nechoshes, which was that of the Rabbah Barbarchana, Yisum Mitzar, Samachatech Nechoshes Meikaro. This is a person who is uh, who is mining copper from the ground. The Gemara says four lines before the very wide, wide lines, five lines actually. Amar Rav, Rav says, Ha'omer eni zan ve'eni mefarnes. A husband's a jerk. He says, I'm not going to feed you. I'm not taking care of you. The marriage is over. The second those words leave his mouth, he just ended his own marriage. Got to treat women nicely. So Rav was the one who said this. Rabbi Lazar heard it, and then he quoted it in front of Shmuel, who is Rav's counterpart. Omar, Shmuel responded, We should feed barley to Elazar. A little bit of a catchphrase. Uh, and he says, you misunderstood something. And until that time, that we force him to divorce, then we need to feed him. We gotta, we gotta try and figure things out first. Uh, but we have to feed her. In the meantime, it's not just goodbye. It's he still needs to feed her. He has a chiv to feed her. The bezdom will force him to feed well, until they get divorced. The rav, why does rav say get out right away without even waiting? Because a line we've seen already: Ein adam darim We don't live with a snake. She should not be living with this man. If this man is such a jerk that he's saying, I'm not willing to feed you, the marriage is over. Don't let him feed you in the meantime. Get out, go to a shelter, or go to Shalva, go to wherever you need to be. That's not the place to be. He saw like Rabzera. When Rabzera came up to Eretz Yisrael, Ashkechele Rabbi Yom and Bar Yefes, the Yosef Yekamar La Mishmei to Rabbi Yochanan. He was quoting this in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. And Omar Lei, Alda Achsua Sa'ar Nelos, Rabbi Babel, for that exact shita, which was... Uh, 
with the shita of Rav, that we were, we're going to feed you barley, we're going to feed you animal feed. There's some, something wrong with your shita. Okay. Amar Yehuda Amar Rav, Amar Ravasi, excuse me. Ein me'asin elalipsulos. We only force a relationship to end for a couple that shouldn't have been married in the first place. So this is kind of a practical application. When we have a couple that's in violation of these mumen, violation is the wrong word. When we have a couple where there are these mumen, so what is the din in regards to, to them getting divorced? Do they have to get divorced? Can they get divorced? So says the Gemara, when do we force it? Only if the relationship is a relationship that shouldn't have happened in the first place. He said, Any of these relationships shouldn't have happened in the first place. So when we see a categorical moon in him, the marriage is over, and we really do force the issue. We try to end their marriage. Avol. If a man does marry a woman and it's under the appropriate uh, circumstances, and they've been married for 10 years and they didn't have children. We learned this already. There, we don't force that person to get a divorce. However, that's a, subject to a machlokas because four lines from the bottom, there's a machlokas as to whether or not we do force a couple who's been married for 10 years to get divorced. And obviously, what does this hover upon? It hovers upon the mitzvah de oraisa of Peru, Urvu. So we know the Chazanish didn't have children, and apparently Rabbi Robinson told me that he knew before he got married that he probably was likely to not have children. Rabbi Robinson told me. I don't know. Apparently the story, he knew the... And that would be one of these two shitas, obviously the more uh, the more lenient shita, lenient in regards to the mitzvah of Peru, Urvu, which is that they didn't force him to marry somebody else in order to try and have children. In the following cases, we force someone to divorce. We had said in our Mishnah, we said a person with boils and a person who is a Baal Polyphos, as we said in the beginning of our Mishnah, someone who has a very bad smell out of their nose or out of their mouth. Bishlamah Ravasi. Ravasi was the first shita on the very long line that we don't force people because those are those are cases our Mishnah only stipulates cases that are rabbinic in nature, which is, again, the Mukashchin and the Baal Polyphos. And Del Raisa Loktani, our Mishnah seems to leave out all the cases that are Del Raisa. According to Rav Tachlifa Baravimi, who says that we are Kofin for a marriage that's 10 years in and there's no children. Why isn't that included in our Mishnah? So that should have been listed in our Mishnah because he holds that it is a case of Kofin. Obviously, Ravasi doesn't. So because Ravasi is on the other side of the Machlokas, we understand why it's not quoted. But according to Rav Tachlifa Baravimi in the name of Shmuel, that should have been listed in our Mishnah. Why not? There are different types of ways that we motivate people. One is with words and one is with a stick. So it says Rashi at the very bottom of the page, four lines before the bottom of the page. When someone's been married for a long time, we use words. We say, listen, you have a mitzvah to have children. You've been married a long time. You got married when you're 20, you're 30 now. You have to go find another wife. I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying that that's what you have to do. However, but when it comes to someone who's struggling with pruravu, we don't walk over to him and beat him with a cane until he agrees to remarry but the other types of movement that we listed in our Mishnah, which is the case of Mukeshchin and Baal Polyphos and some of the other ones, there, because those cases are a little bit more far removed and uh, they need a little bit more motivating.
probably not something that would go over very well nowadays, but that is what the Gemara says, is a distinction between the cases. And that's why, according to Rav Tachlifa Baravimi, why this case was not listed in our Mishnah. Our Mishnah is only dealing with cases where it's Bishute, cases that require a stick, but the cases of uh, Pru or Vu, where a couple's been married for 10 years and they have yet to have kids, that's not a case that's uh, where we hit with a stick. Says the Gemara, that's not going to work. The words alone will not will not chastise someone to the point that they're going to change. We have to hit them with a stick. Says the Gemara, you're right. Really, both cases are dealing with where we motivate people with physical harm of some kind. Awesome. In regards to our Mishnah, that when she says that she wants to stay with him, we allow her to stay with him. But in regards to the mitzvah, we don't. Even if she says, I really do prefer to stay with him, we don't allow her to stay because according to Tachlifa Baravimi, she's not allowed to stay with him because he has to leave her. He has a mitzvah. Okay. Bahari Mukashin in regards to Mukashin, a man who has boils, the Afalgab do Amra Havina Bahade, Lo Shavkinanla. And there was one exception in our Mishnah. We had said, remember the case of Mukashin, that a man who has Tashmashamita when he's a Mukashin, it's not good for his body because the skin will begin to slough off. So says the Gemara, they're Lo Shavkinanla. We don't allow them to stay together. It's not in the Mishnah writes. And the Katani Hasam, that's still listed in our Mishnah. Says the Gemara, Ki Amra, if a woman says, I'm still going to live in the same house as him, in the same house as him, but I'll do so with Adim, who are going to be my apotropists. They're going to live in the apartment with me, and they'll guarantee that we never have Tash Meshamita, Shavkinamla. We allow her to live in that marriage. Why? He can't have children, anyways. He's done because he's not a Tash Meshamita is damaging for his body. So then she can stay as long as they guarantee to not have Tash Meshamita. But in regards to the case of even if she says, I want to be married to you, we just won't have, we won't have intimate, we won't be intimate. What does that have to do with anything? That doesn't solve any problem. He doesn't have a medical issue as it relates to having Tash Meshamita. He just, you're just not conceiving. So therefore her staying doesn't help. Tanya. <clears throat> We're going to be learning some Agatatas from now until the end of the page. And I'm going to say outright, I don't understand. Uh, I mean, I understand some of the words, but I don't understand some of the deeper concepts, as you will soon see. Tanya, the Brysa writes, eight, nine lines down on Ayin Zayin and Mibbez. There was an elder gentleman, an elder Tamil Chacham from Yishalayim, who said there's 24 kinds of mukashchin, 24 kinds of boils. For all of them, intimacy was difficult for the patient. A person who had a type of mukashchin that was called Ra'asan, that was the worst of them all, Kashamikulan. How does a person get this disease of Ra'asan, one of these 24 types of Mukashchin? So it says the Gemara, Titania, Hikis Dam Vishimesh, if a person were to have had Hakasas Dam, they had bloodletting and they were immediately intimate. Havian Lo Bonim Vitikin, you'll have children that are Vitikin. Normally we understand Vasikin as old Rashi at the top of the page. Second, uh, Rashi's where Tosfos normally is because there are no Tosfosim on this page. So on the second line of the outer margin of Rashi, Rashi says, Dibur Hamaskal Vasikin Chaloshim, that they're very weak. Okay, that's part of the bride. So let's continue. He kizu shnehem vishimshu. Let's both let's say that both husband and wife went to the blood letter. They both had 
bloodletting. And then they had Tashma Shemitah. That's how you get Mukashchin. That's how you bring about this disorder. You can't even bring it about uh, to yourself. You can only bring it about in others. The child will then have that disease. That's only true if you don't eat. But if in fact you eat after the bloodletting, you don't have to worry about it. Okay, and I'm not a scientist. I can't comment on that. Right. I should. I should know about bloodletting. It's true. I know that they use leeches. That's, I think that's about the extent of my bloodletting knowledge. My uh, money. what are some of the symptoms? Oh, look at this. It's like the uh, WebMD. You know, we have like the WebMD for, for Mukashchin, for Rasam. So what are the, some, of, some of the Simon and some of the symptoms? Dalfan Ene, his eyes water. V'dayve Nechire, his nostrils drip. He has a runny nose. V'isile Rira, he has a very thick phlegm, Mipume. And V'ramu Didve Ilave, there are flies that are all over him. Apparently he puts off some kind of smell. Umayasuse, how does he heal himself? Well, come join me for this uh, concoction, says the Gemara. Amar Abaye Pila Veludna. We take mint and uh, something called wormwood. Girda, we take the bark to Egoza, some type of shell from a nut. The Girda de Ashpicha, should be Ashpicha. And we take the outer covering of a hide. The Khalil Milka, we take a lily, uh, the flower. Umaskala de Dikla Sumka, we take the red covering of a date the covering of, of a red date, <laughs> and then we put them all into a pot. Sounds like witchcraft. The shalik lehu behade hadade, we, um, we boil them, we cook them up all together in the same pot. And we bring it into a house that's made out of marble. Uh, it's, they want the walls to be marble. They want there to be no draft. And if there is no house of marble, then they have to bring it into a house that where the walls are seven bricks thick and another half of a brick. So it's a very thick house. Again, trying to prevent airflow. It's, uh, we have terminologies for this in the, in, in the world of those who, who consume drugs to make the drugs more intensified. The point is we don't want anything to, to escape. It says the Gemara halfway down, last of the short middle width lines, they pour 300 cups of this on his head until it weakens the ground of his head, until it weakens the skull of his head. This is brain surgery. We tear open the skull. We take four leaves of a myrtle branch. Then we, we put one under each leg of the little animal that's running around in his head, because that's what the rasa in rasana is here, that there's a bug, of, so we would call it today a flesh-eating bacteria, but there's some kind of bug that's in the person's head. And uh, then Vishakil Bitsafsa. Then we take the animal out of his skull with tweezers, the Kalile, and we actually burn the animal. Otherwise, it'll go right back to where it came from. Dilo, Hadar Ilave. No problem. No problem. So that's how we get rid of Rasan. So we get Rasan with Hakazastam and we remove it with some brain surgery and a concoction in a marble room. Halfway down, second of the wide lines. Machras Rabbi Yochanan, Hizaru Rasan. One should be very careful in regards to <laughs> the flies that uh, fly around the heads of those who have rasam, those who have this type of shchin. He wouldn't even sit within their, their space of their wind, literally their wind. It just means he wouldn't sit with sit around them. He wouldn't even go in their tent. They wouldn't even eat eggs from that locale. They would really keep a good distance. However, the tzaddik in the room is Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. He would be all, all cuddled up with them and he would sit and learn Torah with them. You want to have a chavrusa with me? 
They tell these stories about Rav Shaila Karastir, that he would have anyone in his house, fleas, disease, body odor, didn't, didn't matter. He, he would do chesed until the nth degree. So the Gemara says, Omar, what was Rabbi Yeshua Levi's argument that it's reasonable to be exposed to these people? The Torah is considered uh, to be ever so beautiful and gracious. If a person learns Torah and they get some type of chen that overlays on them, you don't think the Torah is going to protect me? I'm not sitting here being mavato. I'm sitting here learning. So there's no reason why I shouldn't be protected by the Torah. Good hashkafa with which to go into Rosh Hashanah to know that the Torah protects us. When Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi was about to die, uh, was told, go do whatever he wants. Uh, give him his uh, his final wishes, as we would call it in our parlance. So then the Malach HaMavis appeared to Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. He says, show me where my place is. He's referring to the next world. Show me what my rank is. What, what, what floor am I going to be living on in the next world? No problem. says back to the Give me your knife just in case I get scared along the way. So he, he agreed. The Malachamavis gave his uh, his murder weapon. He gave it over to Rabbi Shubin Levi. The Malachamavis brought him to the precipice of the next world. And uh, when they got there, Dalye Kamachvele, Dalye, he picked him up, Kamachvele, he looked over, he looked over um, the threshold to look into the next world. Shavar, Nafalehugisa, he jumped up and then he fell into the other side. He was alive, but his, he was now standing in the next world. Nakte Bekarna Deglime, and the Malachamavas was holding onto the corner of his jacket. Amarle, Bishuasa, Deloasina. And then he played a halachic card. Rabbi Levi made a nether that he wouldn't come back. So Allah is like, well, I, what am I supposed to do? Force you? Like, yeah, that's between you and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu intervenes. If in fact, he's the type of person who would renege on his shavuas and he would be matir neder, then he should come back to the world <laughs> as a regular person. Ilo, lo nehadar. But if he's someone who would never be Mater Neder, so then he needs to stay in the next world, Vikachava. And he stayed in the next world. Yeah, very, I don't know what that means. I don't know. I'm going to lay by, uh, right before they separated from one another. The Malachamava said, like, hey, can I get my pocket knife back? Havli Sakinai, can I please get my knife back? So lo hava And Rabbi Shivan Levi's like, listen, uh, I, I made a big sacrifice here, but I want to keep the knife. So you stop killing people. Nafka Baskala, then a Baskal came out from Shemai. Give it back to him. He needs it for the creations. He needs it in order to do his job. He has a he has a responsibility as well, which is that when it's a person's time, so then the Malachamavas will take their life. And he uses this knife to, to separate the soul from the body. Machris Elio Kameh. Now we're back in uh, on the other side of the fence where uh, Eli, where Rabbi Shuvan Levi is up in Shamaim. And Elio Anavi is there, and he says. <laughs> he says, make room for Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. Make room for him. He's a big ben Yochanan. They found Rashbi, Rabbi Robert ben Yochai, excuse me. They found Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai. And what was he doing? He was sitting on 13 golden couches. I don't know how you sit on more than one couch, but he was surrounded by 13 golden couches. 
Amar Lei, ah, to Barley, why they've been talking about you up here in heaven. Are you Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi? Amar Lei, hey, I am in fact Barley Voy, the son of Levi, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. Nirasa Keshes Biamecha. And your whole life, did you see a rainbow? So uh, if uh, he, Amar Lehain, he says, yes, I did see a rainbow. Now, this rainbow is supposed to be indicative of the fact that you're really such a big tzaddik that a Kodesh Baruch Hu never had to warn society that a flood is about to come. So Amar, he says, Im Kain, Reb Shimon ben Yochai says back to him, Im Kain, that there really was a keshes that you did in fact see a rainbow during your days, then Iata Bar Levoy, because Bar Levoy was such a tzaddik that there was no need for a keshes during those times. And really, below he really, Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi, lied because he wanted to humble himself a little bit. He didn't want to be that guy. He didn't want to say, I'm such a hush of a guy. He didn't want to. So hard to understand this Gemara on so many levels. First of all, you're in the next world. So there's no sheker. So what is it? You're allowed to lie. If somebody asks you if you saw something, obviously you could just lie. So these Gemaras are Omer Dorsheni. They all require a lot of time. Many years ago, when I was in uh, Kolal, in Smicha, I was taking a program on the side called Ner Elef. And when I was there by uh, Beryl Gershenfeld, who a lot of people know, he used to give these classes on Agaratas. He'd present the Agarata. Everyone would throw out like 30 questions on the Agarata like this. Like, how can you lie? How do you, how are you a physical person in the next world? Go through all of them. And then he'd show like how the Maharal would weave this perfect tapestry around every single issue. So Ayin Sham, I'm sure it exists in Chazal somewhere. I don't know where. We are three-fourths of the way down from the end of the parak on Ayin Zayin Amid Beis. The Gemara says, Rav Chanina Bar Papa Shushvine Haba. Rav Chanina Bar Papa and the Malach Amaves, they were neighbors. Huh. Again, like, what does this mean? They were, they were good friends. When it was time for Rav Chanina Bar Papa to die, Go do the Ratzon of that person, of Rav Chanina Bar Papa. It's time for him to die. And he went over to him and he made himself appear. Listen to the language. First he went over to them and then he made himself appear. So again, these are beyond our pay grade, but the language is important. Give me 30 days, Sachaz or Shas. It's like, it's like Rav Chaim, but 12 times faster, you know, just to do all of Shas. He was doing like 96 blot a day for, um, for a month. Damre, and this is such a beautiful and important line, and we're familiar with this. As many people say, a famous song made into a Gemara. Uh, uh, which is a little bit backwards, but there are people who make those kinds of jokes. Of course, it's good for us to know Torah before we go uh, into the next world. Please, God, at 120 years old. So Shavke, so the Malach HaMavis gave Rav Chanina Bar Papa 30 days. The Basra Tlas and Yoman, after 30 days, Azali Schazele, after 30 days, the Malach HaMavis came back to Rav Chanina Bar Papa and he appeared to him again. Amar Lei, Rav Chanina Bar Papa said, show me my place in heaven. Amar Lei Lechai, I'll show it to you just like I did to your friend Rav Yeshua Ben Levi. Give me your uh, knife again, because I, I know that sometimes people get scared on this pathway. What is that? I have no idea. I have no idea. You are missing something. So am I. We're all missing something. This whole Gemara is Omar Darshan. Omar Le, he says, you think I'm going to give you my knife the same way I gave it to your friend? You can fool me once, but you're not going to fool me twice. You're not getting my knife. Omar Le, I see Sefer Torah. Do you think that there's anything in here that uh, that wasn't fulfilled properly? Amarle, mi ichrichas bebale roasan, the yasakta betora. 
were U.S. from as Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi, that he was willing to sit with the Mukashchin, this guy who has is he's dripping out of all of his orifices and he's sitting there with flies hovering over his head. You know what disease he has because we have the symptoms laid out in the Gemara. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi sat and learned with him. Are you that from Rabbi Chanina Bar Papa? Probably not. Even so, even though he wasn't quite on that level, and by the way, just an important deal from the Gemara, is that being a tzaddik is the minimums. Keeping halacha is the, is the basics. What we're talking about, the levels of godless, is above that. The levels of godless of the great people is not that they kept halacha. We all have to keep halacha. That's not, that's not a chiddush. That's not the... And that, that's not what makes us unique, per se. What makes us unique is what we do within the Dalar Amoshal Halacha. How kind are we? How thoughtful are we? I started doing this at Bristis now because I'm a Kanoi. I'm like becoming more of a Kanoi as I get older. And I uh, give this loose translation that, uh, you know, just like the baby reached the milestone of his bris, so to his bar mitzvah and his wedding. But the last blessing is Ma'asim Tovim, which means good deeds. And don't make any mistake about it. Jewish law nuances everything. Good deeds is not some feel good, you know, just to be good. No, there are halachic parameters, Jewish legal rules of what it means to be good. Give 10% of your charity, but not 20. When you see someone, you have to treat them the same way you treat yourself. What is that? What does that mean in Jewish legal terms? And these are real things. So that's what the Gemara here is telling us that we have to be, the, the tzidkus is the basics. We have to keep halacha, that's for sure. But how special we are in that regard is one area, but how much more we can do is still a higher level. Anyways, in regards to Rav Chanina Bar Papa, even though he didn't embrace the person who had mukas shechin as a ras on this disease, when he died, when he died, there was a fire that stood between him and the rest of the, of the world. Ugmiri, we have a tradition, second time I believe we're seeing this, we only see this fire separating a person who dies from the rest of the world once or twice in a generation. So Karav Lagabe, Rabbi Alexandri, they went over to the fire to try and remove it. Amar, you should get rid of the fire for the Kavod Chachamim, because there's a lot of Chachamim who don't feel as special now that they see that he got the fire. So let's get rid of the fire. Lo Ashkach, the fire stayed in place. You should do it for your father so that we can get you buried because your father needs to, needs to bury you. The fire didn't go away. You should do this for yourself so that we can take care of your own body. We have a mitzvah to bury you. Then the fire went away. Again, another Gemara that is Omer Dorsheni. This is uh, only in regards to people who are lafuke uh, to exclude miman de to someone who didn't keep halacha. That doesn't happen to people who didn't keep halacha. So then he gets a jab in the in the chest. Amar le barmasna lafuke mimar. Do you mean like you abaye? You're in violation of a halacha. Delo isle ma'ke le'igre. You don't have a, a ma'ke on your roof, which is of course We of course have a mitzvah in the Torah that if you have a flat roof, whatever the parameters are, you have to put up a wall. Below he, that was actually an incorrect um, jab. Why? Because mehava hava he really did have one. Vehishaita was very windy out. Vehishaita who zika. There was a very strong wind. Last two pieces of the daf, and then we'll stop. Amar Chanina in Why is it that in the city of Bavel? Nobody violated the rules of Hakaza. No one became a Ra'asan. Because they eat beets. And they eat beer made from hops. Okay. 
There also are no lepers in Bavel. Why is that the case? They have three features. They eat beets, they drink beer, and they wash in the Euphrates. Again, all this whole page is, is weeks of research to really figure out exactly what's going on. Uh, we are going to glean whatever we can. Uh, and and hopefully we'll have some time to do some research research on that in the future. Hadran Allah Hamadiras Ishto Bar Hashem. We finished another parak, the seventh parak of Maseches Ksubos Yiratzim. We should come back to this day in seven and a half years. Wishing you all a beautiful night. Okay.